Sat Nam. I'm Guru Prakarmakar. Guru Singh and I travel the world, loving to meet an ever-growing global community. We are appreciative of your vital role on this planet, for it is your willingness to be here and listen that calls forth wisdom, that activates our collective voice in service. Your questions bring forth the answers. For a wealth of information about who we are and what we do, please visit gurusingh.com. Bless you. Satnam. I want to start tonight's class with a with a quote from Yogi Bhajan. It is the design of life that forces darkness to come into prom prominence from time to time. This is such a time to respond by quietly retreating. To retreat is not abandonment. It is a balanced manner that protects from the negative influences for we ultimately arrive at our destination. And in this class that he taught, he, sp he spoke of a Mobius strip. No matter which direction you go on a Mobius strip, you end up in the same place. So a retreat in the cycle of time isn't a retreat at all. It's simply a change of direction. He said that, and we had just watched the movie, this was way back in the early 70s, we had just watched the movie in a theater, I think it was called Sometimes a Great Notion by, by Ken Kesey. Uh, it was a, it was a, um, sequel to One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, right? And in this, sometimes a great notion, it was about logging, and it was about a log jam. And what do you do in a log jam? Do you push harder, or do you have to retreat? In other words, sometimes retreating is advancing. And so what's happening in today's world at this time of darkness is that everyone, including the comedians, are piling on. Oh, look at, 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 oh, look at. And every one of those is just adding pressure to the logjam. And remember, he didn't say, get everyone to retreat. He said, quietly retreat. It's literally that you're recognizing 
that your task is not this task. Your task is neither to correct it nor to solve it. Your task is to create an alternative to it that will become so popular that everyone will abandon the logjam. Now that's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take decades. But we have to start somewhere. And in order to get yourself really started, you have to know the history of the future. And that's why he gave me a book called the Bhavishya Purana. Bhavishya Purana simply means history of the future. Because each and every one of us has been on this Mobius trip at some point in time. We've been in the future. We've been in the past. We have all of what we need in this lifetime. Otherwise, we would never have found our way into this room. Because according to the world out there, what goes on in this room is just woo-woo. But in fact, it isn't woo-woo in any way, shape, or form. It's technology. We're here working to reactivate two brains that have gone dormant. Now, if you don't understand that there are two other brains, two other pure neurological centers in your body, then you'll say it's woo-woo. But if you, just like everybody said that it was woo-woo to consider the world round a thousand years ago. Well, at least everyone in Western Europe, anyway. Because to them, the world was flat. And to think of it in any other terms was woo-woo. But what we're looking at here is we're looking at the gut, which has significant neurology. We're looking at the heart, which has significant neurology. And we're looking at the head, which has significant neurology. And in fact, they're now realizing that not all of the neurology is actually looking for the same result. That the auditory neurology, which is here, which is here, and which is here, have many different varieties that some of the neurology that is auditory is looking for inflection and a small minority of it is looking for definition. In other words, the minority of your auditory neurology is actually looking for the meaning of the assemblage of consonants and vowels, the word definitions. The majority of your auditory neurology is in search of the inflections, the increase and decrease in pitch, the rate at which it increases and decreases, the increase and decrease in volume, and the increase and decrease in resonance. It is also looking for what key are you speaking in? And the interesting thing about these variations are that these variations don't actually misrepresent. These variations will tell the truth every single time, even if your words don't. And so if you can get in touch 
with the auditory neurology that is telling the truth, you can ignore the words to a degree. That would give you an incredible advantage. That is the same thing that holds true to the optical neurology, to the visceral neurology, to that which you see, to that which you feel, to that which you smell. Haven't you ever heard somebody, I smell a lie? Haven't you heard that expression? I can smell a lie. Or I know it's a lie, I can just taste it. That's because a lie gives off an odor that's different than a partial truth or a truth. And odor and taste occupy the same neurology. But also, when a person tells that which isn't correct, it's not, I'm not saying that they're intentionally lying, but if someone says something that actually isn't correct, the tone, the light force in their skin will change. And you pick up on this. You do, but you don't register it. This is what it means to expand your consciousness. This is what will take. Because if you... Let me complete my sentences, because my brain went ahead. This is what it will take for us to understand what is. And once we understand what is, we will understand what isn't. And in the what isn't will be the solution to the problems in the what is. That's the way it always occurs. Because in a holographic universe, which it is, every part of the universe contains every part of the universe. That's the nature of a hologram. Every part is equal to the total. So the solutions to today's problems are not solutions of force. We will not fight our way to peace. They're not even solutions of normal, linear, logical negotiation, where you give a little to get a little. Because giving a little to get a little is a downward spiral. The secret to the peace of the future are brand new concepts, just like the secret to surviving in a need to migrate was the discovery of the use of fire. Fire had never been used before. It was always feared before. Fire destroys you. You get caught in fire, it will destroy you. And some idiot ran into a burning forest and grabbed a burning log and said, look at how warm it feels if you don't get too much of it.
The same thing held true in the invention of the wheel. I mean, we were pushing and dragging and shoving and lifting until things that we wanted to move became too large to move. And then somebody said, I saw a log roll down the hill the other year. Obviously, no time was involved because people weren't thinking in terms of time. But a memory of a log rolling, that if it's round, it rolls. Imagine the revelation in life when we found that we could roll something underneath that which was heavy. We had been experiencing the wind for millions of years as animals, as creatures. And for three and a half million years, over the last three and a half million years, we had experienced it standing up on two legs. It had knocked us down. How many innovations did it take for us to figure out that cotton was a fiber that could be spun into thread and that threads were something that could be woven into cloth and that cloth was something that could capture the wind. And if you stuck it on a pole in a boat, it would knock the boat over. So you had to put something on the bottom of the boat in the form of a keel to equalize the force of the wind. That took hundreds of thousands of years of trial and error. But we are in a quickening. Things have sped up dramatically. And so the solutions to today's problems are only decades away but they are not found by burying your head in your day job. I'm not saying quit your day job. I'm saying the solutions to your problems, the solutions to the world's problems are not, I need a raise. A raise will be nice, but it is only a side event. The main event in our lives, those of us that are more conscious and that are becoming even more conscious, are to spend some time every single day balancing the gut brain, which is about connection, with the heart brain, which is about circulation, giving and receiving, and the head brain, which is about analysis. If we lead with our head brain, we analyze ourselves out of opportunity. But if we have gut brain and heart brain without a head brain, we drive off the road of opportunity. So the head brain, which is the only brain we educate, needs to take an equal partnership. One third, one third, one third. And the meditations, the pranayams, the mantras, the asanas that we do in kundalini yoga allow for this to take place. And what happens when we're doing these meditations, pranayams, mantras, and asanas is that we begin to slow the brain down while maintaining our consciousness. 
I remember one time Yogi Bhajan was sitting up here talk, uh, teaching and I was sitting right about in between where you two are and my wife was sitting next to me so I was in this empty space right here. And Yogi Bhajan the whole week had been giving us meditations that lasted for 31 minutes. And so I figured it's a 31 minute meditation we're doing it, we're doing it, we're doing it. And then I realized, gee, this seems like really long. So I opened my eyes and I looked back at the clock on the wall and I realized we've been doing this meditation for 45 minutes. I thought, my goodness, and I turn around and I look up and he's laying back, not on full prone, but real reclined, up against these pillows here. And he's just like this. And his feet are straight out in front of him, just about here. So I think, I'm going to be the class hero. He's fallen asleep. I'm going to wake him up. And I'm going to do it really gently and really respectfully. But obviously it was a 31-minute meditation. And we're going over. He's fallen asleep. Let me fix it. So I get up. My wife kind of realizes that I'm moving and I can feel her concern, even though I don't think she ever opened her eyes. And I crawl over here and I reach up over the ledge here and my hands are about, I don't know, maybe a foot away from his feet because I'm going to just touch his feet and give him a little rub, you know, just gently wake him up, right? And he, all of a sudden, one eye opens up and he looks down at me and he tells me more information through that one eye that I'd better not move another inch further forward or else there's going to be some hell to pay. I creep back and I finish the 62-minute meditation. And right at 62 minutes, both eyes of his open up. Inhale. He had the capacity which people, any one of us can develop. He had the capacity to literally go into the delta state, which means that the brain is operating so slowly that it is literally encompassing every detail of the moment to such a degree that it is only registering in what's called rasa, essence, not even in the senses, definitely not in the intellect, definitely not in the intelligence. It's only registering in the rasa, which is where the word rasayana comes from, satnam rasayana. Hmm? It means the essence. And he could go there. What I want you to learn to get to, because you can all go into Alpha, which is deeply relaxed. What I want you to learn to get to as an in-between goal between now and your complete and total enlightenment is to get into the dream time, into the theta state, which is where you can assemble your reality, where it is actually being assembled. And you can know 
when something is true, when something isn't. And in that theta state, the Buddha's prayer becomes your guide. Things you are to do, you shall do. The people you are to meet, you shall meet. The places you are to be, you shall be. The words you are to speak, you shall speak. And that which you are to achieve in your destiny, you will achieve. Because what you're doing, and I didn't bring that particular placard, but what you're doing is you're riding on the crest, which is the devotional portion of the wave of time. You're not struggling to catch up with time. You don't feel like you have too little time. You don't feel like time is going too fast. You are right on the crest of what's called the devotions. Love, joy, faith, trust, inspiration, enthusiasm. These are all devotions. And in that state, you enjoy your days. When you're teetering on that state, you are miserable because you're always feeling the differentiation between that incredible richness and your imbalance. When you're way behind that state, you don't have time to be miserable because you're always struggling. Do you understand the difference between struggling and misery? Misery is when you know you're so close and yet you're not there. That's where a lot of you are probably existing in your life right now. And you will pick up things to try to blame it on them, like people, like places, like things, like circumstances. Oh, I'm miserable because of you. Oh, I'm miserable because of that. No, no, you're miserable because you're almost there. And it's exactly what the great masters in the Himalayas used to realize. You can see Mount Everest from 200 miles away, but you can't see Mount Everest from 20 miles away. Because at 20 miles away, the foothills are right up there in your face, and you can't see over them. But at 200 miles away, you can see Mount Everest rising above the foothills. And that's what makes us miserable, is that we're no, we know we are right there, and yet we just can't seem to get a hold of it. And that's when you have to be able to do this. You have to be able to stop, because misery sits in your head brain. It's an analysis. You have to be able to stop the analysis, stop the analytics, stop the right, wrong, good, bad, yes, no, and go into, hmm, connection. Hmm, circulation. Hmm, connection. And that is what is called Anand. Anand is that bliss. The bliss of knowing you know what you don't know. Of knowing you know what you don't know. Of knowing you are what you aren't. 
of knowing that you can achieve what you've yet to achieve, what you long to achieve. Because on that Mobius trip, you've been there before. Hummy hum, brahm hum. Hummy hum, brahm hum. What is to be, already is. What is to be, already is. Bless you for joining us. Visit gurusing.com for an ever-expanding archive of lectures, videos, yoga sets, meditations, and more. All classes can be found now on gurusing.teachable.com. There is going to be long-form classes available there, 30-minute-long yoga classes with Kriya. There's also what is called a Kundalini Recharge. It's a brief lecture about something like depression or gratitude or achievement or partnering or success. And it'll be a lecture with a pranayama, a breathing exercise, and a single asana that you can just jump into during the day. And then it'll round out with an affirmation or meditation. And these will be like 11 minutes. And then there are also going to be audio files, which are guided 11-minute meditations, which you can listen to. And that's all within gurusing.com. Satnam.